God bless you, man. How you doing, Nelson Rivera? I'm doing good. You good? How are you? Everything good? Yep, everything's good. It's been a it's been a long time, man. And long time. I'm 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 honored to have you here, man, on the podcast. It's been such a um I've been I've been thinking about you and it's like, man, I need you on the podcast because I know you have a powerful voice and I know God has used you in so many ways and I want you to share um you know how God has used you. But before we get on into all that, I want you to say first of all who you are for the people that don't know who you are and what you know what god has done in your life well my name is nelson rivera um i'm a pastor of emmanuel god with this church um i'm a pastor now so yeah god has been doing great things um there's nothing impossible for god right amen so um i'm really grateful to be here today with my friend lewis right it's been a long time but it's good how god brings people back right and to know who are we now Right. It's powerful, so I'm really grateful to be here today, and yeah. That's good, man. Um, I think the last time I saw you was like years ago. Yeah, it was years it ago, and at that point in both our lives, I mean, I was, uh, I think I was chasing sports at that time, yeah. and I'm not sure where you go because we lost touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been years. I think I'm like 13, 14 around there. Yeah, yeah. so um, I was just a freshman in high school. Yeah. I'm still going to church every single day. Um, it was like a routine for me going to church. Um, I was battling a lot, like in being a freshman, also being at church. I wanted to be like you know, like other people, like the crowd. I guess you could say, um, just follow the crowd. Um, I was also wanting to be in church. I also wanted to preach. I also wanted to play drums. I also wanted to, to do different things, right? And um, still be a follower of Christ, but at the same time, still follow the crowd. Right. So it was kind of hard around that time, and so I had to make a decision when I was a sophomore. Right. And when I made that decision, God started doing big things in my life. Things oh, that, right. I, things that that I never seen before. Sophomore in high school, right? Yep. Sophomore in high school. Yep. Wow, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high in high school, like some midnight, right? You went to oh yeah, yeah you went to yeah. Midnight. Yep. So yep. it was uh, life changing for me. Right. You know, I was raised in the gospel. Um, my parent took me to church, you know, every single day, every church day. Um, but when I was eight years old, that's when I really accepted Christ as my savior. Right. You know, I don't know if I'm, yeah. I'm thunder me, but, no, yeah. um, I accepted Christ as my savior when I said, Lord, I confess you as my only savior. Wow. And when I was eight years old, that's when I had my first encounter with God. Right. Okay. That's when I had my first encounter with God and God just started doing big things to me. Um, it was a kid's service, I remember. I was living with my grandma at the time, okay. and the neighbor used to go to church. So I was brought up at church, yeah. but um, I, I would go, and sometimes I would stay, you know, my siblings. And then this uh, neighbor invited me to church, and I was like, yeah, I'll go. And then when I went, I liked it. I felt like it was different. Mm. I but felt, what was different at that time? I felt like it was different because when I was brought up in church, um, it was like, I liked the church, but at the same time, I didn't, you know, yeah. like I will go, but at the same time, it was like, do I really got to go? You know? Right. So I liked it, the movement, you know, I liked it, the fire, I liked it, everything, but there was something in me like, like, do I have to go to this type of church? Right. Right. So nothing against the church, but, and I was eight years old. I got invited to, um, to that's this, super young to, too. Yeah. To this church. And they only asked me. Do you want Jesus as your only savior? And I didn't answer at the moment. And they asked me again for the second time. Yeah. And there was something inside of me saying, yeah, do it. And I don't know what I was doing because I was only eight years yeah, old. Right. I was only repeating a person. Right. But what I didn't know was that was like the first step of what God had in store for me. Mm. So it was really something powerful. Wow. Yeah, that was that was the night of transformation. Wow. Now take me back before yeah. eight years old, you know, where mm -hmm. were you born here? Yeah, I was born in Lancaster. You were born in Lancaster. Yeah. And uh you went to you went to the city school here? I went to the city school from pre K till sixth grade. Okay. And then after sixth grade, that's when I went to Lancaster Manic from seventh to twelve. Okay. Yeah, from yeah, because fast forwarding, I think um, you went to Mennonite starting middle school, right? Yeah, I was in seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah, so I went from pre-K 
to sixth grade public school. Public school. And then I transferred to Mennonite when I was in seventh grade. Now, you transferred to Mennonite because you wanted to or your parents wanted to? Because I wanted to. Okay. Um, I heard about the school. My cousin, you know, she started going there when she was in sixth grade. Um, she was in Richmond Public School till fifth grade, right? Okay. And then she went to Lancaster Middle and sixth grade. And when I got to Hand Middle School in sixth grade, that's when um, I started seeing a lot of things. People started doing bull- bullying to me. Right. Um, you know, I started finding myself in situations that I never thought I was gonna find myself, and I started um, getting in depression as well. And I didn't know what to do, you know, and I know a public school and a private school are two different, you know, schools because right. public school, you don't have to pay. Right. right. right, right so right. private school, you have to pay, you know, yeah. and right. um, my mom was the only one working, you know, and, and it's not cheap and it's not cheap at all. You know, because I went there too, and it yeah. was pricey. It yeah, was pricey. it's pricey, and it's not cheap. You know, and so I, I was kind of like a little scared to tell my mom. You know, like, like I want to go to private school. Yeah. But I didn't know she was going to be able to afford it. Mm. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know the numbers. I, I right. you know, so I told my mom. I said, "Hey, I want to go to private school." I remember that summer she was in Puerto Rico. Okay. And she said, "Well, when I get back to Pennsylvania, we'll talk." So when she came back, she went to the school. She got the, you know, the transfer papers and stuff like that. Okay. And then I'm like, wow, this is a start of something new, you know? Right. Start of something new. And then um, I started seventh grade at Lancaster Mennonite. And it was crazy because, um, you know, grade. I was in seventh grade. You know? Because I went and uh, I started in Landis Valley when I was in fifth grade okay and then i went back to township to Mayhem township mm-hmm. and then i got forced back into mennonite because i was bad yeah in public school yeah so i was forced to go and i that's why i relate with you because mm-hmm. that force um although your parents mean good or yeah. your grandparents mean the good yeah. and the best for you this is an individual thing so unless yeah. you don't accept it yourself mm-hmm. that salvation is never going to come because it yeah. was forced it was forced yeah, yeah. so yeah. when i was in middle when i went to mennonite um man all i had was bad experiences <laughs> like I, you know there was nothing good about that school for me <laughs> the only the only i met a cool guy um and i lost touch with him but besides that it was fight for me when i saw it, it was fights and it was um getting into the wrong crowd because yeah. even there yeah. there was wrong crowds yeah. yeah and even in the private school wrong oh, yeah. crowd yeah. um skipping um i think in the mornings we had to go to the to the ceremonies or the, the, chapel, the chapel chapel the chapel period and would, yeah and i'll go to sleep <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't listen um and everybody else i remember i had a um a friend named rj mm-hmm. and uh rj do you remember elijah yeah elijah. i had Montanus. a lot yep yeah. i had elijah with me yeah. um anthony howard yeah. Yeah. um man there's so many people that um back in those days yeah. and back in those days if you had a phone, you was popular. Like, yeah. you had money. Yeah. And my friend had a little fl- a phone that mm-hmm. was like a regular phone, but you slide it up. Yeah, and it had up. the keyboard. Yeah, keyboard. And I would be like, yo, bro, let me borrow the, like, yeah. you know, to, to, to impress everybody else. Impress so, everybody so, else. Yeah. so I would use his phone <laughs> to, like, plug my headphone jack in yeah. and listen to music. Yeah. And I was like, wow, now fast forwarding, you know, um, all those people, where are they right now? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's hard because, you know, mm-hmm. just. Just by you, you know, we met through family as yeah, well, and yeah. then we lost touch. Yeah. But there's so many people that were like, yo, where is this guy? Yeah. Or where is this girl at? Yeah. And, you know, some have families or some are not here right now mm-hmm. on earth. They're past. Yeah. Um, even in my high, uh, even in township, there's people that I know that are not here today because yeah. of bad choices that they made or accidents as well. H- horrible, tragic accidents, um, car crashes, um, drug overdoses, getting gunned down. Yeah. Um, so many things, man, so many ways. And I was just saying like, wow, God, you really protected me even when I was foolish, even mm-hmm. when I was doing stuff that I knew I shouldn't be doing and you protected me yeah. knowing that I was playing with fire and yeah, I got burned, yep, yep. but I never died. That's so, right. you know, yeah. So I can relate to that. Um, the transition from public to private, um, I thought things were going to be better and there was things that were better, but, um, you make the school. Right, yeah, yeah. you you make the school, you know, and I was um, there, and there was fights, you know, mm-hmm. you know. I thought everybody was Christian there. That's what I thought. I had that mindset. Oh, everybody's Christian. Everybody's holy in that school. So, but no, you know, just how there was two or three things in public schools, and private school, I seen that too, you know. And in the beginning there, I got bullied too, you know. 
In the beginning there, I got bullied too, you know, so I started standing up for myself, you know, because um, there was people that were trying to bully me in eighth, ninth grade, you know, and I said, Lord, you need to do something. And I totally could say after sophomore year, when I really surrender to God, I said, you know what? I really want to be 100% with God. I don't want to be one foot in and one foot out. That's what I felt, even though people, wow. even though people thought I was preaching good. But they don't know the struggle that I was going through. Right. They don't know what I, what I was going through personally. You know. Wow. They liked the young man preaching. They liked it. You know. Um, invite, right. Invite. Cause, yeah. Cause you preached. Yeah. Yeah. At what age did you start yeah. preaching? I started preaching when I was when I was eight years old. Wow. Yeah. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and everything was good. Around that time, everything was good. But when I started, like in seventh grade, eighth grade, that's when I started like slipping out. You know. Right. That's when I started battling. Cause I love the God stuff. Right. I I love preaching the word. Right. You know I love playing the instruments for God. Right. I I love doing kingdom work. But in the same time, it was like I was getting a little bit distracted. Right. So when I went, I don't know if I'm talking about this, but when I started getting a little bit distracted, that's when I noticed that my preaching wasn't the same. Mm, yep. That's when I noticed I was I wasn't praying the same. Mm-hmm. That's when I noticed that I was lacking on praying, lacking on fasting, and even though. Different people will come and they say, you're the chosen one. And I'm like, Lord, how am I the chosen one? You know? Right. How am I, how am I the chosen one? How are you calling me for this if if I don't feel 100%? Right. And then I had to make a decision, you know? And it's funny because sometimes you're going to have to make decisions even if people don't agree with it. Right. So I remember, it's funny because I remember in sophomore year, my wife knows about this, she might be hearing me. <laughs> but you said I got to be real, right? Yeah, so, yeah. um. Sophomore year, I was um, doing good. I was looking for God, you know, preaching, and God was using me in a mighty way. And, you know, at the moment, you know, I had, like, a little girlfriend, right? Yeah. So um, we were three weeks into the relationship, and the Lord told me, you can't be with her. And I'm like, Lord, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm doing your, your, I'm doing your work. Right. I'm like, you can't be with her. You know she's not the one for you. And then I'm like, what do you mean? She says she goes to church Wednesdays. <laughs> and then like the, the, the Lord was like ministering to me. You know she's not the one for you. Right. Because at that, that moment in my life, God said, I want all of you. Mm. I want all of you. I don't want you to be distracted. So I went up to her and I said, listen, we can't be together. And she said, who said? And I said, the Lord said. I was so fired up. And wow. the friend, my friends that said they were my friends at the time, they came up to me and they said, how in the world are you gonna let go of a girl like that and right. all this stuff? Right. Like they were trying to like, like tell me just to stay with her. Right. And then they, was it why like fit you know kids? Yeah, physical kids, aspects. Yeah. Oh, she's, yeah. she's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Anybody would want want to right. be with her. And then you know, meanwhile being with her, someone came up to me trying to do me bullying, saying like, "But look at you." Right. Look at you and look at her. And they couldn't understand why she wanted to be with right, me, right, right? With you, yeah, with me. But when I made that that decision, guess what? Someone that said they were my friend started dating that girl. Oh, so at that moment, I'm like, Lord, like I say yes to you, but look, you my, my this is hurting me, right? My you, friend, you know, back yeah, backstab me. me. And, you know, and, this is hurting me. And then the Lord said, "That's all right, because I've been betrayed too." Mm. That's okay. So, um, I, meanwhile, my walk with Christ, and it's like, he's the perfect example. Right. You know, the Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father but by him, you yeah. know? So, that's the perfect example, you know? And my high school years, you know, they were tough, you know? They were tough because people, you know, um, they didn't want to serve God. But I wanted to, I wanted yeah. to you know? I mean... To be honest, man, yeah. at that time, at that middle school, I'm talking about middle school. Like, let's not go eat high school. Middle, I'm talking about <laughs> middle school. I'm talking about seventh, eight. When was no sixth grade? I'm sorry, sixth grade for me. M- middle school was for sixth grade. I had Miss Rice. Um, I don't know if you remember these teachers, Mister mm-hmm. H. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who else? The print, the vice, the vice principal too. I um, I had a good relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Um. There was a couple people that I met, but at that time, man, we were all, you know, we were, some people came because they wanted to, some people came because, um, they got, um, 
they got opportunity from their public school. Some people were forced. Some people yeah. were dropouts mm-hmm. of public schools because the public schools couldn't take them anymore. Yeah. So it was either go to um, ho- um, homeschool, I believe, or go to private school. Yeah. And a lot of them, because the government um, gave them the opportunity, they, they went to private school and they, like, their, 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 the, the spirits that they had at that time, yeah. Yeah. they brought it. And what happened was that I was getting into fights mm-hmm. because I knew somebody or because my older brother would get into a fight. Yeah. And because I was his brother, they would bully me bully you, They would be, for no reason. Yeah. Because they couldn't get to him, yeah. they would get to me. Yeah. And that's been my whole life like yeah. that. Because of some what somebody else did, yeah. I had to pay the consequences. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm not even, I'm not even, co- bro, I don't even have the same problem as him. And you over <laughs> here coming at me. And I used to get bullied all the time yeah. in the bus. You know, those bus rides were long. The bus, yeah. um, morning bus, afternoon, uh, during lunch. Um, I, that's when Elijah, yeah. um, he was one of my best buds. Yeah. Me and him and Anthony, we kicked it all the time. But at that time, I didn't want to know about God. Because I'm like, man, if I, if, if I turn to God, they're going to all bully me. Like, because I know they go, oh, look at this guy, you know, he's all preppy, you know, and, and all this stuff. And um, he thinks he's, you know, he's got it all right. Yeah. But, you know, they're pointing fingers at me. And at that time, man, I, like, applaud you because you had such bravery at such a young age. And you you connected with God at such an early age. which was fantastic. I wish I would have had that when yeah. I was eight years old or nine years old or going about mm-hmm. my journey with God was recent. And yeah. and uh, and it's been from my twenties to my twenty three. There's been wow. this been has been my process wow. from from trying to go back to the world. And yeah. God was like, "Look, see, you could see it. It didn't bring you anything wow. but problems and wow. headaches and yeah. hangovers and whatnot. Yeah. And um and appreciating now it's like I appreciate every single aspect from from my work to this to yeah. building stuff in in my church and. Uh, I'm posting this prior youth leader, but this Sunday they're promoting me at my church as the youth leader. Wow. So I came from being in the back of the church, being forced and not caring about myself to now God pushing me to, you have to lead now. I need you. That's awesome. And that's where God brought me. So to hear these stories like from you and now that you're a pastor, you've preached and you've been in those situations where you had to be like, man, like I want to give it all, but look, my friends are betraying me. Like the girl that I wanted, I I can't have her because you, you told me not to have her because you have something better for me, but it takes that faith and it takes that commitment that sometimes when we're young, we're like, it's easy to say no, or it's it's so easy to, it's so easy. And then we think in the back of our minds, because we're so young, we have time, Mm -hmm. but the future is never, it doesn't exist because God is timeless. And we think, oh, no, when I'm 30, I'm, I'm going to give it all to Christ. What if today or tonight was your last day on earth and you didn't know? Or yeah. the next week you got into a terrible accident or you have to hit you with cancer. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen, but yeah. you chose and God chose you to lead. And, man, you're a pastor, man. So, yeah. so tell That's me about the, the start of that, too. Yeah, uh, real, real quick. That's the problem. People feel like um, they got to be 30 or 40. You know, or fifty to to start uh, a ministry, right? And God called me in a young age, in a young age. And since my uh, evangelistic days, you know, preaching the word of God and stuff like that, um, the Lord always ministered to me from different people that I didn't know. And He would tell me, you know, I have something greater. I have something bigger for you. You know, don't get too comfortable. And that's the problem. Right. There's people that they get too comfortable. In church, too. In church. I'm, I'm talking about in church. Right. You know, they right. feel like, oh, well, um, they told me to they told me to do this, and, uh, you know, I'm going to be this for the rest of my life. Right. No, there's more in God. Right. And there's more in you, too. Yeah. You have so many talents. There's more in God. And it's like, you know, um, and from different people. Right. Everybody and, uh, has. From different people. You should comment that, you know. Right. This is what God has for you. You know, I see sheep, and I see that the Lord is gonna put you. And he's gonna pa- you're gonna pasture them. You know, and right. in the age of 22, I had to make that decision because the Lord been calling me for a long time. Right. And the question was, what what people are gonna say about me? Right. They're gonna say I'm too young. I right. hear I hear that all the time. Right. You're too young. You're a pastor. They say. You're 23 right now. 
I'm 23. You're 23. Right, I'm 23 too. Yeah. Same age. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be 24 in May. Right. I'll be July. Look at that. Yeah. So, like, you say you're 23. And you're pastoring a 40-year-old. Right. And I'm like, you want to know something? The difference is that that 40-year-old, he's not looking at the age. What he's looking at is that he's submitting to the leader that got put in front. Mm. So when you start submitting to that leader, like the Bible says, submit to our leaders, and you know, as he said, right. Hebrews, then you're not going to be too focused of what age or how young the person is. Right. You're that's gonna, that's gonna, the same yeah. way that they did to Jesus. The Pharisee yeah. said, look at this, look at this kid. Yeah. He's over here teaching. He yeah. don't even have a degree. Yeah. He don't have nothing. Yeah. And Jesus knew what he had yeah. to do. He, yeah. he had to, he said, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do what my father yeah. says. And that's it. Yeah. One thing I like Jesus said, Jesus said, let the kids come to me. You know, mm-hmm. let the kids come to me. And when I was eight years old, I started going to that church, my neighbor's church. And they used to practice something. They used to practice. Um, every th- one month, they will pick a, a, a child okay. to be a pastor of the children. Wow. So I was the pastor. I never heard of that. Yeah. They used, they used to practice that. And I, used to, I was the pastor of the children for like three times. Wow. Three times. And the first time they came to me, I was like, me? I was like, I'm recently here. Like, right. like who am I? Right. You know? And they gave me a minister Bible. They gave me keys of the church. It was like a ceremony. Wow. And they anointed me. You know? We might think that things are just because it happens it now. happens now. You know? When you're in the womb of your mom, the Bible says, God already knew you. So, right. you know, God already knew the purpose and plans that he had for all of us. Right. You know? And being a pastor now, going a year and like three months, I could say that it's been hard, but it's rewarding. It's rewarding when you see uh, Sunday worship that someone comes and it gets saved by God. That's beautiful. Right. That's rewarding. Even though your whole week has been tough, but just seeing that, it's rewarding. Yeah. Just seeing people getting uh, delivered, yep. it's rewarding. Yep. You know? Speaking about that, man, yep. it's crazy, bro. And I applaud you, man. <laughs> It's my dog, bro. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do a lot of yeah. things in the future, bro. Yeah, no, definitely. But um, yeah. I was just in Philly. I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook. Yeah, I, and it. I was with Hector. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably know him. Yeah. Everybody knows him. Hector, but, Hector, uh, yeah. man, it was cold. It was it was it was free. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even cold. It was freezing. I couldn't yeah. even feel, I couldn't even feel my face. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a Saturday. I could have been. Mm. I could have said no. Yeah. I could I could have just. I could have been like, you know what? God God don't need me to do that. He has yeah. other people to yeah. do it. That's right. But, man, people that understand, yeah. it's like God is calling you. Yeah. And he he's knocking on the door. He says, I need you to do yeah. this for me. It doesn't matter. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Because once we start competing with each other or comparing each other, then that's where the enemy got you. He yeah. said, I got you. Once yeah. you start giving just a little thought about it, you're defeated. So you have to keep it focused. And when I got there, man, there's been so many people um, that touched me. You know, I thought I was over here helping them. Yep. And I was helping myself. You know, the humility, yep. um, humbleness, yep. um, the love, compassion towards somebody that's on the floor with needles stuck in their veins, mm-hmm. um, freezing with swollen feet, swollen hands, yep. um, not even there. Like, they're gone because of the drug has consumed them so much. The enemy has, has consumed them so much. There's been, and I don't like to label them anything. Yeah, I don't yeah. like to call them drug addicts. Yeah. I don't like to call them prostitutes. I like to call them human beings just mm. like me because it would be such a hypo- hypocritical yeah. statement to yeah. call them something yeah. when God took me out of that wow. same thing. You know. Yeah, yeah. So a, a lot of people, what they do too is that they'll point fingers at you. You were a, a addict. Mm-hmm. How can you be a leader for the youth? You were uh, addicted to pornography. Mm-hmm. How could you do this? Yeah. Everybody's gonna point fingers at you, yeah. but you gotta know that God has called you for much better, and He and He is there to wipe away your sins. Yeah. He's there, just like what happened in um, the whole chapter of John. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been so many examples that people were trying to push a narrative towards a person, and what did Jesus do? If you if you were sinless, cast the first stone at her. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody did. They left, yeah. and they and then you know Jesus, being God Himself, mm-hmm. the Man that created everything, yeah, said, "I forgive you." If the God, if the Creator forgives you, that's all you need. You don't need nobody that's else's right. um, approval. You don't need any anybody else's forgiveness. Sometimes too, 
I was really into um, being peer pressured to do certain things. I wanted to do the good things, but because I was in the wrong crowd, I would lead to things right. that I know is not me. Like I would lead into parties that I, I didn't want to be in, but because of the peer pressure of the world, it, it captivated me. And on top of that, I wasn't already feeding my spiritualness. So it was easy to say yes to the enemy and no to to God yeah. on Sundays yeah. or on Thursdays in Bible studies or fastings were in my last of my chart. I said, if I, if I make it, <laughs> if, if, because I got a party. Like, that's what I used to think of. I was like, Friday night, don't call me because I'm going to a party. Or Saturday, I'm going to a party. And, th- and that's it because I have to be there. Mm-hmm. I thought that I had to um, prove something to everybody that I was the biggest, I was the baddest. Mm-hmm. Um, I could I could uh, compete with you head-to-head with drinking competitions and doing whatever. And uh, I could be the best person on, on the pool table and uh, do what, you know, like stuff that really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I was wasting my time. Because what did that bring me? That brought me more depression. That brought me more um, isolation. That brought me more, more it, it potentially brought me more evil spirits. That mm-hmm. it was just accumulating and accumulating and accumulating. And that's what, the, that's what the devil wants. He wants to blind you to the point where you don't even want to reach out to God anymore. Because you're more comfortable in what the devil has given you. He's going to give you fake friends. He's, he's going to give you friends that say, they pat your back. Yeah. But behind you, they're mm-hmm. talking about you. Yeah. Behind you, they're saying, he's this, he's that. Mm. Uh, he does this with me. He does that with me. They put dirt on your name during it. And then in front of you, they want to smile and say, oh, yeah, you know, what's up, man? How's, you know? And then you got to be careful, too, because sometimes those those friends in the uh, in of the world, you're bringing them to your house. Wow. They're they're knowing. They're studying you. It's like the enemy. You, br- you let the enemy inside your house. So he has all rights because you let him into the door. Just like... We have to let Jesus enter us, you know, because I always say this, um, and Destiny, my girlfriend, says this all the time. Jesus is a gentleman, so he's gonna, he's not gonna force himself into your life. Yeah. He, but he will, and it's amazing to know that God Himself has the 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 love to wait for you. Mm. He just says, "Just I'm knocking on the door, and but I I need you to open it for me." Yeah. You have to open it. I can't. I can't force it, because even if think about it, even if 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 Jesus forced himself in it, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be real. It wouldn't be a relationship that I want. Kind of like somebody bargaining the front door of this house. I wouldn't want them in here. Right. Like, who are you? But right. if I let them inside, if I embrace them, if I give them something to eat, if I give them some water, anything, then it's just a real relationship, and that's what God wants. He just wants a real relationship with you. That's right. Yeah, I always say that it's. Um it's easy to say yes to the world and and hard to say yes to God right. because the enemy blinds people. Mm-hmm. And when you're blinded, you can't, you know, really react till you have that first encounter with God. You know, it's easy because the world brings you, the world tells you this, the world tells you that, but all that is temporary. And God says, say yes to me and I'm going to give you eternal life. Right. You know, what the devil has is like, we would think that um, oh, I'll leave it for tomorrow. I'll leave it for tomorrow. And then how about if tomorrow doesn't come? Right. You know, and it's like eternal life, hell. Right. And it's at your it's at your hands. And I've met people, man, that just said, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I see so much in them. I see so much. And that's what it's, it's got to that point, man, where I see everybody. And I'm like, wow, you got so much potential, man. Mm. Like, you have this. Yeah. I can see it, man. You're shining. <laughs> I just, you just need a, you just need a, you just need the key, man. Yeah. And this is the key right here. I'm giving you the key, which is Jesus. He is the key. Once you got him, Jesus is going to do the rest for you. You don't even have to do anything. So my goal for this year, and it's getting there, and I, I'm working on it every, every single day of my life. It's um, to build a better relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That's my goal for this year. No matter, it could be, I, I could have chose finances. I, I could have chose financial freedom. I could have chose have a rela- better relationship with with um, with my parents. I could have had a, um, more businesses. But I know that if I have a better relationship with God, God's going to take care of the rest. That's right. So yeah. just, like, just like the Bible says, if I take care of the birds, mm-hmm. right, and the birds don't even have to worry about anything, how much more does God love you, the, mm-hmm. the, his creation? Yep. He, like you are an image of him yourself. So that's why the devil, the devil don't attack the birds. The devil don't attack 
oh, the, the devil is going to attack you. Because yep. he knows if he can attack you, and I feel like you has the responsibility of so many sheep, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it's a lot of people, too, they get confused. They say, oh, if I turn Christian, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be perfect. And I'm not saying that. Yeah. It's just where my life is at right now. Yeah. But there's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations because that's how you pass the test, too. Yeah. Kind of like um, like David. Mm -hmm. That's what they said to David, right? But David was chosen from the very start. That's right. And he had brothers that were older than him, stronger yeah. than him, yeah. more uh, mature than him. But God knew he, he, he was calling, and he needed David to do what he did. And so many examples. But if David would have never, if David would have never listened to God, we would have never had a David. Mm. David just would have been somebody else. Yeah. He would have been just like the rest of the crew, rest of the crowd. He, he probably wouldn't even been mentioned in the Bible. Yeah. But because of his faith, just that, that, that faith when everybody else was scared and somebody was threatening God's people, David took that and, and took it personal. And that's how sometimes too, you know, I take yeah. it personal sometimes too. <laughs> like you're talking about my father. You know, like, that's my father. Yeah. You know, you're talking about him. You're threatening him. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, too, we got to get bold like that. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I always ask, help, help me be bold like like David. Mm -hmm. I want that boldness to, to stand up for, for things that are not right. Sometimes, and sometimes you know, we, we, we frail. Sometimes yeah. we get scared. Oh, what, the, what is uh, the, that community going to say about us? Yeah. I don't want to hurt them because then it's going to keep, then we're not going to have a lot of Facebook likes. Or they're not going <laughs> to share us. Or they're not going to invite us to the party. Yeah. To, to, to the event party. But sometimes, too, that's what happens. Like, the same way that they hated Jesus, the Pharisees hated Jesus, that's the same way that's going to happen to the people of God. So we got to strengthen up, and we got to pray, and we got to fast like yeah. never before. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, Jesus said that uh, this generation doesn't come out with prayer and fasting, you know? So as you know, Revelation says that he's knocking, you know, and if you open the door, he will enter, and he will sit down. And we'll have a meal with you, right? Right. So it's like, just give Jesus the opportunity today. If I could give you advice, just give Jesus the opportunity today, you know? Even though you failed, you know, David failed at one time. But guess what? That doesn't stop the fact that the Bible says that he was still conformed as God's heart, you know? So the Bible says that seven fall to justice, seven times God will lift you up, you know? So... If I can encourage you today, you know, if you're young and you feel like you failed, if the devil gives you that um, that that uh, thought saying that, no, you failed, it's your fault, you can't get up. But God says, no, you know, you're my children. I sent my son to die for you, you know. I don't know if people forget, but Jesus didn't only die just for those who were going to be saved. Mm. Jesus died for the whole humanity. Right. You know. He knew that that one day I was going to know him and I was going to depart from him a little bit, but also come back to him. Right. You don't think he knew that? God knows everything. Right. And sometimes things happen just for you to testify to others later down in the future. This right. is in the present. I feel preaching. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel there the, you go. I feel the spirit of God. Hey, there you go. You know, it's just yep. in, in, in the present, you know, you're not seeing it like that. Right. But the future, God knows your future. You know, that's crazy. You're telling me all this, but, you know, God knew your future here today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like the Bible says that there's nothing impossible for him. You know, what's impossible for the man is possible for God. Amen. You know, maybe for the man, all this is impossible. But God says, no, this is possible. Right. You know? Right. Through me and yeah. in me. You know, it's just powerful. You know, yeah. we're yeah. going to preach here. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> that's, that's actually too. I was reading this morning. Uh, once you said that. Of God knows your future. He yeah. knows what you're gonna be. He knows. But you have to be willing to accept willing. him. It's yeah. like um um I think it's chapter nine on John or chapter mm -hmm. eight on John when uh, the blind man was seeking the the water that was coming out of the of the floor and he couldn't get there and mm -hmm. Jesus came to the town and um, he was blind, completely blind. Mm -hmm. And Jesus came and saw and just by that faith that he had and believed in God. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Just believe. That's yeah. it. And yeah. Jesus will do the rest. He will he will he will unblind you. And you're like, yeah. Wow. You know what's crazy? Yeah, I I know we don't have a lot of time, but you know what's crazy? John chapter five, you keep talking about John, right? John yeah. chapter five talks about a man that was paralyzed for thirty eight years. And this paralyzed man told Jesus, I try to get in the tank every single time, but other people get in the tank before me. And Jesus said in verse 6 of chapter 5 of John, Jesus said one question. He said, 
do you want to be healed? Crazy. And after yeah. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? He said, well, get up, get your stick and keep walking. Yeah. So right now, if you feel that other people are going first in you, Jesus tells you, this man waited 38 years. Wow. You know, there's people in the church right now. Oh, let's pray to God. <laughs> there's people in the church right now that 10, 20 years has passed and they're in the same position. And other people are going first in them and glory to God for that. Right. But God is saying, how many times I told you to get up and you haven't? Mm. How many times I told you that it's your turn and you haven't gotten up from the same position? Because the thing is that, let's just say people have three days of service. You know, Tuesdays I go to church. Right. Thursdays I go to church. Right. Sundays I go to church. And it's just to go to church. And the thing is that I've seen also in my path of God that people just go to church just to let the pastor know they got there. Right. Or, you know, just to let the leader know, oh, I'm here, you know? Right. But it's like, how about the person that put that leader there? Right. You know? Right. What are you doing for him, you know, para presionar, you know? Like, la palabra inglés? Impress. You know, right, 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 are, you, are, are you impressing God right. when that was, you know, right, right. So it's like 10, 20 or 30 years has passed and this man waited 38 years. Wow. But guess what? He might have been paralyzed for 38 years. Seeing people go first. But guess what? Jesus said, you know what? I had arrived. The Bible says that they had they had to break the roof down for 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 they could bring the paralyzed man down. Yep. To where Jesus was at. Oh, yeah. Yep. People say, Jesus, there's a man here that he's paralyzed. Yep. And I know if, if, if he goes down there, he's going to be healed. He's going to be saved. So what happened? They broke it down, and they brought him down. Yep. And one thing you said, I like what Jesus said. There was time that Jesus used to heal the sick. And after he healed the sick, he would say, he, didn't, he wouldn't say, you're healed and go. He would say, now you're saved. So it's crazy. So and, and keep going, you know, and keep going, and keep going, and keep going. And, keep, and it's going. sad. It's sad because there's people nowadays inside of the church that, sadly, you see them and you know, oh wow, that person's saved, right? But you don't know what they're going through, right? You know, right. this is more deeper than going to church. This is a personal relationship with God, you know. Yeah. So it's like growing up, it's like go to church, go to church, go to church. But when I had my first encounter with God, it was more than going to church. It was like a relationship with Him, right? So when I talked about him at church, it was yeah, it was powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. because we are the church, right? You know, we right. go to we go to a place that's four walls, but we are the church, right? Because you know? when we go out of the church, we're still the church. We're still the church. We're still the church, no matter where we're at. Yeah, and that's what God needs us to do, and that's what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. He went to places when nobody else wanted to go. Yeah, you know, he he went. If you went to the people say, how could you be with that sinner? How how can you go to that bar? You crazy? Like you're not, they, they would they would tell him that he is not he is not from God, and Jesus would do the exact because he was trying to impress anybody. Mm -hmm. He was just trying to impress his father. Yeah, and that's the example that he carries on to us. So mm -hmm. sometimes too, I'm not here to impress anybody. Like I'm not here to impress uh, um, pe other people from my church or other people congregations that know me. My only goal is just go impress God. That's it. Like for now, it's in, in forever. It's gonna be that. And I just need to um, know what are what are some of the ways that got you uh, that got your relationship better with God. Mm -hmm. What were some of the things that you that you've done? Prayer, 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 prayer. Just praying, um, just praying and looking more for Him. Um, because there was a time that I used to think like, oh, I could preach, but maybe if I pray less. And then my, my relationship with God started changing and started being different when I recognized, you know, I had to look more for him. Because I know without him, I'm nothing. You know, without God, I'm nothing. So I, my relationship started changing when I started communicating more with him. That's a problem, that people don't communicate more with God. Mm. So when they find themselves in, I don't know why I'm saying this, but when they find themselves in situations, it's because you didn't communicate with God. Right. You know, I'd rather go through something, but I communicated with him. Right. You know what I right. mean? So it's like the communication is really, really important, you know? And that communication with you and, and your Heavenly Father is really important. 
really important. What would you say with prayer um, for somebody that's busy with, um, let's say they work 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Let's say they have four kids. Yep. Let's say um, they they don't have all the accessibilities like yep. a phone or anything yeah. like that. Where 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 could they pray or how could they pray throughout yeah. their days? So I have learned that people think that um, to pray you have to be kneeled down all the time, and that's and that's not the case. Right. You know, people think that praying is like everybody hear my prayer. You know, like and I'm exaggerating, but like, you know, <laughs> no, it, it's not that. It's not that. If you're working, you know, you got to respect your job, you know? Right. You got to respect others that are working, right? right. But you got to have a communication with God in your mind. You, you don't think God could, could read your mind? Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So if, if you're that person here today, you know, I encourage you, talk to God right. in your mind. In your mind. Lord, I love you. In your mind. Hey, I'm going through something right and now. Guess I what? need help. And guess what? After a while... A word is going to slip out of your mouth because the prayer in your mind is going to be so powerful Amen. that it's just going to come out. Right. So I encourage you also, you know, for those people, you know, that before you get to work, sometimes we leave. I said, I was saying this yesterday at church. Sometimes we rush out of the house and we forget to pray. Right. We get in the car. We forget to pray. Right. Because we're rushed. And guess what? God was ministering to me yesterday and I was saying to church that. Before that one hour that you get up for work, get up and pray. Right. If you get up at six, get up at five. I know it's gonna be challenging. Right. It's gonna be hard, but yep. who, who you know who does who, who wants to get up early, right? Nobody does. Nobody, nobody does. Nobody does. You know. But I feel like if you give your thirty minute prayer before you leave your house, that's gonna be the start of your day. Wow. You know. Sometimes the day goes so so bad. And you know the answer, but it's like, you know, you're so focused on what happened during your day that you don't remember. But sometimes it's because you forgot to pray. Right. And you didn't put him first place at all in your life, too. He's not first place. Yeah. Every time I get out the house, I'm like, Lord, please, you know, I know you're with me, but cover me with your blood. Yeah. Cover me with your blood. Because you know when you leave your house, well, you don't know if you're going to come back. Right, exactly. It's, this is crazy. We're, we're living in a time that, you know, um, people are getting killed, you know, and it's, yep. it's just crazy. But if I could tell you today, get close to God. You know, the Bible says that to, to get close to the throne of grace, right? Get close to God. Right, right. Because God's the only solution. And what would you say to somebody that they know they're bad, and they're they're saying in their minds, God don't want to talk to me. I'm too dirty. I've done too much grime. I've 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 done too much damage to people. I don't think God wants to hear from me at all. Yeah. I'm nobody. Well, the Bible says that there was a man named Saul, right? That he converted to Paul, right? God right. changed God, God changed his name. And Jesus said, Saul, why are you um persecuting me? In other words, why are you following me? And we all know that this man was a killer. Right. He was a murderer. Yep. He used to pr persecute the, the Christian, the church. Yep. But guess what? It doesn't matter what you have done. God takes that and he says, no, you are mine. And the thing is that when Paul is a follower, apostle of Christ, you know? Yep. You don't think the people that he used to be with before you used to tell him, but you used to persecute them. Right. You used to kill those people. Yep. And now you're telling me you converted to them. Oh, come on. Wow. You know? Right. So it's like, even though that was back then, there, I believe that there was things back then that happens nowadays. Yep. You know? It repeats itself. You Just know? In different so people, different ways. Even though he was in a different crowd before, and, and now he's one of them. The one that he used to persecute, he's one of them. Wow. The one that he used to kill, he's one of, he's them. one of them. So God, and, and, and one know? that he wrote almost the whole yeah. te New yeah. Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From from <laughs> from Acts. Oh wait, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, after the Gospels, yep. you know. He wrote. So look at that. Look at where God puts you. Yeah. Oh, I, I wow. feel crazy. I, I I never seen it like that. You yeah. know. Yep. You know, look at where God puts you. Yep. He puts you in grace because the Bible right. says that by grace we are saved. Right. You know, 
And it's true. What you're saying about me is true. But by his grace and his mercy. Now you know, you're living. Mercy was something that I didn't deserve. But he gave me mercy. He gave me mercy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Grace, it was a, another opportunity. Another opportunity. You know, I feel preaching here. Right. You know, so it's, it's true. What you're saying about my past is true. Yes. Everything everything you're saying is true. But he gave me grace. And guess he, what? Yeah. I got it for you, too. You know? He gave me something that you couldn't give me. Right. That all those, you know, um, killing that I did, it didn't fulfill me. Right. But, right. Even the money don't fulfill you. Uh, it don't fulfill you at all, man. I used to think the same way with money, man. I used to be like, if I get another $5,000, I'm good. If I get another ten thousand dollars, I'm great. I had all the money when I was a, when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah. I used to stack up money like crazy because I used to sell a lot of drugs, yeah. and I would stack up and stack up and stack up and stack up, and it was just eating me and eating me because I was I used to have dreams, of of me giving poison, to people to kids wow. to adults and killing them wow. and being in their funerals. I used to have dreams so wow. strange that I used to wake up from my sleep wow. and look at myself in the mirror and say, "What am I doing?" And and out and that's with that was in the process as well. That's another process, but that was my giving up the drugs process because yeah. I had a lot of processes. But that was my giving up, and that was when I had the drugs in my hand. Mm-hmm. And I said, "But if I don't sell these drugs, I'm gonna have a problem because these are not mm-hmm. my drugs. These are from somebody else. This is not mine. So I have to sell it. Yeah. I'm forced to sell it. If I don't sell it, the guy's never gonna do business with me ever again. And he, I might." I, you know how the streets are. They, they don't play you, around. Yeah. They they will hurt me. Yeah. So I have to. And I was in that cycle where I was becoming a great. Um, I was becoming a great seller. Mm-hmm. Like I was selling in school during periods, um, between periods. Um, go at the bathroom. Call, I used to do all the business myself on text. Meet me here. Meet me downstairs. Before practice, after practice, soccer practice. Wow. Be, after church services, I would meet people. After service <laughs> on Thursday nights in IPDA, right here. Wow. And I would meet you after service. I would sneak in the bathroom because the bathroom wasn't downstairs. In the, and I would know the exit door to go out the back s- during service, out the back door. And I had the drug in my pocket. And I, and, and I would go and I would do my deal with that person and go back and, go back and act like nothing happened. <laughs> Knowing <laughs> that I just sold about $300, $400 worth of who knows what I had at that time because it was first it was weed and then, you know, up the yeah. ranks pills and then it was coke. And then I was getting to that another ne- that next level, which was heroin or uh, um, um, I even got to the um, hallucinogens, which is um, little little square um, acid mm-hmm. um, and shrooms and all that stuff that comes in mushroom, looks like mushrooms and they sell it in bags. And I was getting to that point where I was going up the ranks. Because they're like, wow, this guy is giving me profit. This guy's coming in. He's he's raking in money for me, and I would keep the forty percent, which was an easy two thousand dollars three every three wow. days, four thousand dollars. I was a kid stashing money in my box. I had a shoebox uh, downstairs actually yeah. when I lived there, and I had a shoebox filled of money, rolls of hundreds, and I was and I was in Mennonite. I was in Mennonite, um, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. And then high school was the worst because that's where that's when I was going crazy because then the plug was like a block away from my house. So I would sneak out, talk to him, come back, go to school. And that was my clientele. I used to feed instead of feeding the gospel, instead of feeding people what they needed, I was feeding them poison. I was killing people slowly. And what happened was the devil confused me because at the beginning I said, I'm never going to use these drugs. I'm just going to sell and make money. That's it. You know? And how many people have said that? How many people have started selling drugs? And they said, I don't, I don't smoke. I used to not, I used to smell cigarette smell and I used to get that poison on my face to the point where I used to be so addicted to cigarettes. I used to smoke packs. There was, there was a certain time in my life where I was smoking Marlboros and I was smoking Newports and I was smoking, uh, any types of the strong ones, the nicotine, the one that had like 5%, 6%. And I would smoke before, after it was getting to that point where the drugs, not, not, it it was just to the point where the money that I was getting from the deals was just enough for me to buy more drugs for me. So I would come out with nothing. I would come out with zero every time because I was consuming, 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 consuming to the point where I would mix um, certain chemicals to fake you to think you buy a gram from me. I would half it 
and put uh, something else in it. So that way it looked like it was a G, like a gram, but I would take the other and keep it for myself because I needed it because I couldn't go to sleep high. Like I couldn't go to sleep sober because I had to be high to go to sleep because the pain and the depression was so much in my life. I've been through so many traumatic yeah. experiences in my life yeah. and people don't know. You know, they just see me here. Wow, God has used him so much, and he's wow, he's powerful. But they don't know my my experiences, yeah. my trials, my tribulations that I had to go through. There was times where su suicide was on my mind. Mm -hmm. Music, suicidal music was on my mind. It was to the point where I was listening and I was becoming comfortable staying in the evil sh uh, um, shadows more. I like to be. I wow. like to be in the shadows. I was like, you know what? I like this depression. I want to keep it. I want to be depressed because if, I, if I'm depressed, then nobody can tell me anything. So with that, with, with that and so many other things that we have going on, man, it was so great to talk to you, man. And I, I plan on doing more future ones. But you know that you as a pastor, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of souls that That's need right. to get saved. And we have to get creative as well. Yeah. Just the same way that the devil is creative in his ways and tactical in his ways, yeah. we have to be more creative and more tactical and more innovative. And we have to see that our, our youth have potential. Our youth, doesn't matter what age you are. Yeah. There's people, there's there's a 13-year-old kid I know. He is a genius. He is smart. He talks, he talks to me about real estate. He talks to me about business. He talks to me, I want to, I want to. I want to make $100,000 because I want to put some money in my retirement account and I want to help my mom and I want to do wow. this. And I was like, wow, man, you're 13 years old and you're blowing my mind. Yeah. So we have to go sometimes too and take some time out of our our busy days, right, to talk to people when, when nobody said, why is he talking to me? I'm only 12 years old. I'm only 11 years old. But you don't know that Jesus is calling you wow. just the way he did with you yeah. and just the way he did with me, man. But yeah, that's 51 right there, 51 minutes. That's almost an hour, man. And time gonna flies, keep going. man. Time <laughs> flies, man. But I appreciate you, man. And uh, where can people f uh, uh, check you out, man? Yeah, so um, I have Facebook, uh, Nelson Rivera slash pastor. And um, yeah, so I'm I usually more Facebook. I do have Instagram, but I'm hardly in there. But um, mostly all the time I'm on Facebook. But our church is 122 South Queen Street, uh, Lancaster. PA, uh, where Wednesdays we're there at seven. Most most of the time it's Bible studies, and also Sundays uh, we're there at three p.m. and that's when we have our worship. So uh, yeah, we're bilingual. Um, God's doing big things, you know, and just keep marching. So we oh we're here, we're here. Uh, we'll open arms and you know, right? Yeah, man. But man, I appreciate you, bro. That's my <laughs> dog, bro. And um, yeah, man. There's been so many things, man, that um. Man, what, what, what can I say? But when you're living in, in God's glory, when you're living in the presence, you don't want to get out. That's right. And that's what I want people to know where they're going for. So yeah. anyways, um, thank you, bro. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, Until yeah. next time. Peace, everybody. God bless you.